Hi friends greetings from your friend in the house Rochelle Potkar this time from my veranda i'm back with a story called death's memoir this story was first dramatically read in 2015 on the portland stage company psc main usa as part of my international writing residency iwp at iowa i hope i do as much justice as i read it out to you here today death's memoir i go nowhere uninvited i am where i have to be in famine and drought plague and disease poverty and starvation accidents and hunting games in ancient times and modern in folklore myth and legend i am death and i have been worshiped abhorred feared despised pondered and prayed to but i have been rarely coveted unless by the very damned the ill the really sick in body and mind then just to flatter myself i go visit them but one has to strongly command me sometimes through all of my ceaseless executions and great successes i have felt so tired and drugged in the motions of my work that i need to take a break at such times through the centuries i have intermittently gone away from the drudgery of it all to reflect upon myself my role and importance in these cycles of existence i remember just one such break i took in 1560 by the 1500s my collections with the last size of the heretics burning at the stakes and in death chambers were quite encouraging I was employed by the Spanish Inquisition from 1408 to 1900 hired for the first time on 6th February 1481 in Seville for the first auto da fe Then one day when I was at the water dunking wheel where a Muslim was tied his last confessions being recorded before the decision to extinguish his life I felt a certain pull I heard a call from somewhere loud and clear. I looked around, wondering who was calling my attention. Moving away from the torture chamber and the screaming man, going in the direction of that powerful sense. Maybe somebody was representing me through music, poetry, a play, an opera, or a new folk song. Oh, I was being requested upon by a great sufferer who couldn't bear life any longer. But the closer I felt the invocation, the more I realized it was artistic rather than existential. I couldn't sway from my post and position yet. I had to wait long enough to collect the souls of all the Jews, Muslims, Protestants and rationalists. from the reeking chambers for the night then after seeing contentment 
on my employers the inquisitors faces i silently slunk away i ventured out and rode past the warm streets of antwerp cold they may have seemed to its inhabitants but i was colder than any street i reached a door from here i felt a piquant call for me this must be it then i walked into the door when i am appointed as an event the last inevitable one i usually wait with the greatest of courtesies outside a body which is no less a door listening intently for the death rattle watching white energy leave a dying body and only then i faintly knock at the ephemeral walls of that dimmed person or cluster of people but this was different i was not here to take something and i thought i had special rights of passage so i walked in through the main door of the house without pausing and noiselessly strode in exploring around and found myself in a room amid canvases that were both empty and veiled filled with paint and sketchings in various levels of completion in the center of the room stood a large proud painting the room was plunged in twilight but the darkness didn't affect me for me that's daylight i stood motionless in front of this frame and studied it stooping so often that i lost my bearings in the painting skeletons the minions of death marched on to a baby woman king beggar and soldiers it marched over to everyone the foreground was filled with skulls and bones dying soldiers at warfare mass graves in one corner ah the promising way the plume of life was being peeled away to reveal my language and song was striking in the background the sky was bleak and blackened delicious i liked the mood of the painting i squinted to read the painter's signature peter brogel the elder i smiled on yes i was truly democratic and he had depicted me well my ways might be different i preferred innovation too and my friend brogel had got that right too it was an ode to me all right the triumph of death was a good enough title I was so pleased that night that I went past Brugel's bedroom just to see how he looked. How could he paint such beauty of the times to come? A prophecy in paint. But coming off my mesmerism soon, I realized I had to hurry back to the dead chambers where a few more heretics were breathing their last. I was happy about Brugel's depiction, but the next night I wondered if bleak and grim was the only way I should be represented. If I was a muse, wasn't I beautiful too? If I was an inevitable phenomena, the last stop of existence, 
wasn't I a celebration too? The ultimate philosophical clarity. The point where every question eventually ended, even if it didn't. If I came with good timing after a prolonged illness, wasn't I a blessing too? I visited Bruegel often to see what he was thinking. He was an empty man after the painting was done. I wished he could fill up again with thoughts on me. If I couldn't be documented, would I still have happened? I thought more about this because the Inquisitor's records of the dying, though well kept initially, would be destroyed eventually in the pleats of time. I knew this. What would remain of me perhaps was not scrawl records in an old musty locker, but a beautiful painting crossing generations of different sensibilities, worldviews, languages and pace. I visited Bruegel's studio often, beholding my biography with its beauty, vividness and flow. I could have been Narcissus. I marveled at his earlier painting too. Hunters in the snow. That too flirted with thoughts of me through a dead blanket of snow when life grinds slow on the fire of human spirit. I was proud of my new friend. I hoped I could take his life much later. I prayed that the last of his breaths could stretch further and further multiplying many-fold into new years of my life. So in the months and years to come, I kept in touch with him, flipping in and out of his reflections and introspections. I liked the methods of his silence. Even when the Inquisition reached its height, when everyone was troubled by it, when it had become a loathsome topic of discussion in every drawing room, across every dinner table, Bruegel would maintain his distant views in cold silence. He wouldn't discuss the Inquisition, even with his good friend Hans. It would only diffuse over his canvases. When Philip II came to the throne, the Inquisition got a further boost and I was gainfully employed to almost 200% of my patience and capabilities. In 1560, drought and famine took over and yet the monarch imposed more taxes on the people. Discontent was widespread. People were calling me to them because of heartbreak, disillusionment with the kingdom, with nature and her stinginess her land that did not yield, her sky that would not give. I collected so many lives by this failed natural phenomena alone that life, my muse and compatriot, would have called me her competitor. Even in all this, I never stopped following Bruegel. I must admit, I was just as mesmerized by him as he was by me. In 1563, he moved to Brussels to escape the Inquisition. Not all were lucky like him. I, a mere employee, couldn't move, for instance. I had to be where I was to be, 
belonging to the most evil and wicked, most hateful of men of all times. In Brussels the same year, Bruegel got married. The city was lucky for him. He found the patronage of clergymen, merchants and noblemen. How much he thought of me in Brussels too. How much he hated what was going on. But how little he spoke about it. Self-censorship is what I learned from him, something I could never practice. He withheld his views on politics so he could go on with the goodness of a creative life. Speaking against the Inquisition could have meant a certain death. Oh, so close I would be to my friend then, but would I ever see another of his paintings then? So for once I was alright if life kept him by her side. So for once I was alright if life kept him by her side. In 1565, Bruegel couldn't keep me too far. I began looping into his dreams and daydreams. He flirted so much with me through insufferable, unmentionable thoughts that in 1566 he painted the Massacre of the Innocents. I went to inspect it, even though I was hugely overworked and a bit tired. This painting had a biblical setting. At first glance, it seemed like a postcard of people in the snow. But looking closely, it was of contorted faces, a massacre of infants and blood running through the snow. If anyone were to view it, they would understand Bruegel's political statement that of an apt and horrific one. Maybe that's why later the slain male children were overpainted with dead livestock or bags of grain and the blood was overpainted in white to depict some more snow. After that painting, my friend changed focus to peasant life and realistic drawings and even though I liked him so much, I did not find favour with him. Even if he reflected over me, he had moved on. It saddened me and I stopped visiting him. I also stopped keeping tabs on him. It was much better that way. I did not want him to feel my cold, fetid breath of repugnance. Until one day, when I was assigned to his side. That day, I shall never forget. It was the 9th of September, 1569. My friend was 44 and I wasn't his muse anymore. I stooped over to count his breath, hear the last of his voice as he spoke to his wife, Macon, instructing her to burn his subversive drawings to protect the family from persecution. It was a grim moment. I eventually took him along, walking with him in friendship and love and respect. With life, his body had stayed on for so many years. With me, it would barely be for one night. I watched him through this transition, hoping many a times that he would recognize his ardent admirer, his friend, inspiration and follower. But he was free relieved and lost in the vastness of afterlife. And I had to stop with my attention gaining 
impulses. After working for the Inquisition until 1826 and collecting tens of thousands of lives, I was dismissed in the early 1908 when the Inquisition was abolished. But I never faced unemployment for long. I was soon invited to serve elsewhere. I took many more breaks over the years and centuries when my work wore me down, when I had to carry too much burden of human souls. But I shall tell you of those events some other day. Death's Memoir so friends, if you happen to read my latest short story collection, Bombay Hangovers, don't hesitate to drop a review at Goodreads or Amazon. The book made it to the Roundup 2021 book list by She The People TV. I will also be reading from it at the Emirates Airline Literature Festival 2022 on February 12th, 4 to 5 p.m. at the Al Jaud Ballroom, Hilton, Al Habtur City in a session called Desi Drama for my friends in Dubai. I will have a few print copies of Bombay Hangovers for you. Sign up for this event via the link in the description. So see you then next week. Signing off now, your friend in the house, Rochelle Potkar. <laughs>